All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom, and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. Today's episode is episode 64, and as always, for a super quick overview of what we're going to have a look at today... First up, we'll learn about how inflatable bubbles are being used to make affordable heat-retaining homes for America's poorest community. Then, South Korea's plan to build a floating city that will be able to rise with the seas and withstand tsunamis. Solar-powered cars race 3,000 kilometres from the top of Australia to the bottom to help test out innovations that could one day end up in commercial vehicles. And then finally, we'll finish up with the electrification of America's school buses, which will help save over 5 million tonnes of carbon per year when the transition is complete. And yeah, I'm sure I say this every episode, but thank you again to everyone who's sending through all the good environmental news, innovations, uh, anything like that, organizations, anything like that, that are doing, uh, you know, just doing the Lord's work to help save the planet. Really do appreciate it. And I'm sure all the other listeners appreciate it as well, because they also get to learn about all these incredible stories, just like I do. Um, But yeah, anyway, let's get straight into our first story. So like I said, $4,000 homes are being donated to the Native American reservations with the lowest income in the country to help families survive the winters, which can get as cold as minus 39 degrees Fahrenheit. They're being built in the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota, where the average person only earns $8,700 a year. And because the few homes that are there are so cheap, $3,000 of that has to go towards their heating bills. So wanting to help out, the founders of In Our Hands made the point of asking the community what they needed rather than just telling them what they were going to do. And they learned about the need for 20,000 homes that could cost no more than $20,000 each. And the method they came up with was to inflate a bag, wrap a metal frame around it, and then inflate another bag over that one to form the wall cavity and pump it full of cellular concrete. So I highly recommend heading over to Instagram to see what cellular concrete looks like, but it's kind of like those volcanic pumice rocks you find at the beach, and it's made by combining water, cement, and foam to produce a concrete that has little pockets of air in it to trap in the heat, kind of like a wetsuit. The homes are roughly 400 square feet, and as their shell is all one piece, they're great at staying warm, with residents saying that even just the body heat from a family will be enough to keep them at a safe temperature. This method ended up costing only $4,000 per home, so there was plenty of room left in the budget to fit it out with beds, a kitchen, heat source, and connected to electricity for a final price of just $15,000. And if it couldn't get any better, In Our Homes is now training up 10 veterans to be crew leaders, which will be able to build 10 homes per day per team. So now we're going over to Korea, where they're building a floating neighborhood to test out if the idea can help coastal communities adapt to the rising seas. So backed by By the United Nations, the settlement is designed to withstand 1 in 100 year storms as well as sea level rise, and thanks to the technology used in its foundations, the creators claim that it'll feel like you're walking on land so no one's getting seasick. This prototype community will start off with just 300 people to help the organization understand how much energy they consume, how much waste they generate, and ultimately whether it can be self-sustaining before expanding it to 12,000. When complete, each platform will be 40,000 square meters, and as the underside will be made out of something called bio-rock, they'll act as giant floating kidneys as millions of oysters will grow under them and help purify the water in the harbor. The intention is that the islands will be able to grow food in both above ground and underwater farms, whilst also generating a bunch of power by potentially utilizing wind, solar, wave, and tidal energy. 
The platforms will be split up into different sectors such as housing and public spaces, as well as research and development areas that will focus on further exploring the possibilities of floating cities, as well as how they impact the waters they're in. And yes, all the people living there can leave as all the separate islands are connected together and to the land by bridges. So this trial is expected to begin in 2025, but the company behind it uh, called Oceanics is already in talks with governments about building more of these all around the world. So if you're watching on YouTube, comment down below where you reckon one of these would be perfect. Or if you're listening audio only, do the same over on the clip that I'll post on Instagram. And so this next story actually involves my old university called Deakin University, uh, who were involved in a solar race where cars drove 3,000 kilometers from the top of Australia to the bottom to test out technologies that could one day end up in everyday cars. So some of the teams included the University of Michigan, Minnesota, Deakin University, as well as a bunch from places like China and the UK. And this is a legit competition too, as for example, one team had the former Red Bull F1 head of operations in charge. This year, a Belgium team called an Optus Solar managed to get their first in just five days, going at an average speed of 88 kilometers an hour, boosted by a giant fin coming out of the roof that was able to harness crosswinds like a sail. But there was also a cruiser category where the vehicles were meant to be more practical, had to see multiple people, and were meant to test innovations that could one day make it into the mainstream car market. And one of my favorite entries was Deakins. Deakin was supported by the Spanish renewable energy giant Acciona and over 1,000 students, resulting in a design with five square meters of solar panels on it, which when paired with two batteries, gave it a range of 1.5 thousand kilometers. They also included 3D printed body parts to explore the possibility of one day creating a zero waste entry, as well as using basalt fiber from basalt rocks rather than carbon fiber. As rangers often the first question asked about EVs, events like this are helping us explore just how far we can push the technology, which will hopefully filter down to not only commercial solar vehicles, but also a heap of other transport options as well. Now we're heading over to America for our next story, which is about how if the country's iconic yellow school buses turn green and go electric, we could save over 5 million tonnes of carbon each year. In the US, 26 million kids catch 480,000 buses to and from school, so this switch can have a massive impact on reducing emissions as well as the amount of respiratory diseases. According to Transport Chicago, transitioning to electric buses will save around $25,000 in diesel per bus per year, and the decrease in health issues will bump that up to 80,000. The batteries on some of these buses are the equivalent of having 28 Tesla Powerwalls on board to make sure there is no chance of them running out of juice on the way to school. And thanks to those enormous batteries, these buses can be used as giant portable chargers on wheels and driven to places like hospitals to keep the power on during disasters. Already, five states have announced mandatory electric school buses, with New York putting it into law that all new ones must be electric by 2027, so the EPA has committed $5 billion to help schools across the country meet the targets. Alright guys, so that will do us for this week's episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, let me know your thoughts down below, and keep sending through all the good environmental news, innovations, organisations, Instagram pages, whatever you can find, so I can help uh, spread the news, and yeah, spread the hope. Anyway, uh, as always, my name is Dom and we'll catch you guys next week. See ya.